Hello, and welcome to Liberate Your Soul, a podcast designed to quiet the inner imposter, awaken you to truths known within all of us, so that you can discover your purpose, heal heart wounds, and find where you fit in to feel whole and allow you to make positive, lasting impact on the world. I'm your host, Kelly Pierce, a certified business and personal coach. I help top performers find their authentic selves in order to come from a confident decision-making place. As a fellow seeker, I have found that liberating the soul enables anyone to transition from anxiety to acceptance. It is my hope to provide you with inspiration and tools to help you feel confident, joyful, and loved. To learn more or to connect with me, go to www.quantumhighways.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Liberate Your Soul. I am Kelly Pierce, your host, a very devout woman, someone who absolutely trusts and believes in the power of prayer. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about who answers prayer, what is faith, and what do we do when our prayers seem to go unanswered. And this is a very important topic to me. It's something that's near and dear to my heart because as a teenager, I had some really tough times in my life and I also was taking a class in high school at that time on theology and religions and all the different types of cultures. And when the class was over, my studies didn't stop. I simply fell in love with different cultures and how people worshipped and how people had faith. And it was a time when my own faith was shaken, um, not stirred, (laughs) Um, because I was supposed to be receiving Holy Communion at age 12, and it was a time that I was really looking forward to as a Catholic. Um, I was so excited, but right before everything was going on, like I was going to get baptized and do the whole confirmation thing, um, my birth parents got divorced and I was devastated and I really felt like I was going to go to hell and like my soul was in jeopardy and peril. Um, As a 12-year-old girl, you know, we have all these emotions and fears and things going through our minds and I was like, oh my gosh, like this isn't supposed to happen. And it really bothered me. But when I was taking this class in high school, I was like, wow, okay, so maybe there's like a loophole or maybe there's another way or maybe there's something else beyond what I had thought was the right way. Maybe there's something else more that um, there's more than one way, right? And I think that that has served me so well in my life. Now here I am like almost 30 years later and I embrace people of all belief systems. I absolutely love and respect and honor people who have so many different diverse beliefs than my own. And 
I, you know, studied so many different cultures and all of that for years. And I practiced Buddhism for four years um, because while I loved and truly adored Taoism, it was very complicated and hard for a rural um, California girl to get her hands on a copy of the Tao, quite frankly. I loved it and it was amazing, but there was no internet at that time. It had just, it was like brand new and I didn't have a computer. So today we're going to talk about faith, um, the gap between the asking and the received prayer. That's basically what faith is, right? When we ask for something in prayer and we don't get it like immediately, like snap your fingers. I got the the promotion. I got the babe on my arm. I got a new car, whatever it is. That is what faith is. It's the time in between when you ask for something and when you receive it. And sometimes it can be months, it can be years, or it can be a lifetime. And it's important to have a posture of um, acceptance or humility or just trust, right? When we have that faith versus um, demanding or frustration or um, a heartbreak when we're in faith and our prayers are not yet answered. So I'm going to read a scripture to you now, um, actually two scriptures, one from the book of Mark, and it says, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And that's Mark eleven twenty-two through 24 James 1.6 says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Kind of doom and gloom, that, James. <laughs> but you know, a lot of people who practice law of attraction, they would totally agree with that first scripture and say, you know what? Believe you've received it and it's totally yours, right? Like acting as if. Um, my dad said once, spend it like you got it. And I took him seriously. I was like, I am shopping. <laughs> but no, it's, it's true. Like when you have faith... How do we move from needing something to having it? How does humility come into play? When we humble ourselves before an omniscient God, we surrender our need for controlling the outcome over to one who knows what is best for the situation and can open up more than we ever thought possible. So let's put that into practice. Like we think we need one thing, right? We've got our heart set on something and we're like, gosh, God, if you just give me this job or this partner, this situation. And God, who sees everything, he's omniscient, he's omnipresent, He's he knows everything, and he can see well beyond what we can see in our little situation or circumstances. He's like, mm, no, 
<laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, I, I have something better. But what happens is we feel like as humans, we need control over the outcome, but that can short circuit the receiving. It can hold off the actual like answer of the prayer and it introduces doubt. So the faith kind of gets short circuited. We're doubting, we're fearing. Blessings from the ones who intercede for us in the form of our ancestors' prayers, not just in while they're alive, but from the other side as well, have come into play in my life in so many um, shapes and forms. And I just want to share with you something that I did recently that I I wouldn't have seen myself doing, um, but it was just like I was moved by the spirit to turn on the TV. Um, my husband plays poker with uh, some cronies one night of the week, and um, he was out playing poker. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch a movie. And after the movie was done, I was like, I'm going to like find something like a show to watch. And I, I was guided to this show. And it was so interesting. I found this show called Seatbelt Psychic. And it was a medium who he decided to do a ride share to help people who need to hear from their ancestors who were deceased. And it was one of the most beautiful and touching things that I've seen in a long time. So I'm sitting here at home alone with tears streaming down my cheeks. And I realized how much of our energy, our bandwidth, our mental and emotional strength that is tied up with the dead with missing them, with wondering how they're doing, the grudges, the pain, the fear, and all that we have after our loved ones pass when we feel like we didn't do enough or there's unfinished business or we're wondering what was going on in their lives that they felt um, before they are gone. And those loved ones, they actually hang on to a lot of energy to stay in the form that we can recognize during this lifetime in order to communicate with a stranger, like a medium who has the gift to hear from them. And when I was watching this show, it was a lovely demonstration of something that's been coming up a lot for me, and that is our loved ones absolutely prayed for us while they were here, and they're still praying for us and interceding on our behalf now that they're on the other side. So if you're a longtime listener of the show, you know that I'm a Reiki practitioner, a Reiki master, which just means I've trained to the highest level and I can um, attune people and teach people Reiki. And there are some things that I truly only share with my closest clients and students, and that is the spirit side, the part that allows us to connect with the ones who have passed and the energy of the ones who are no longer with us and share with us the emotions, the messages, the things that they want us to know. And for me, I guess you could kind of say I do um, have some of those gifts to be able to be uh, sort of a medium or a vessel for them to speak to. And it's so comforting and peaceful to receive messages from the other side to share with the client that they need to know, to guide them in the here and now, to help them stay on track to live their best life. And I'm now more than ever convinced that everything happens for a reason, truly and absolutely. 
so many people, they look outside of themselves for reassurance, but there's a lot of people who fill themselves full of a mixture of energies, and not everything is going to come through in the highest vibrational level, but in mediumship or through certain energy practices like Reiki, there's a component of allowing oneself to become a vessel, and depending on what sort of mediumship it is, of course, you can allow yourself to become a vessel for the highest level of energy to come through. And so I want to share an example of that when I was working with a client one day who was really struggling with some issues and I was having a hard time getting through. So my prayers and Reiki were like hitting this block, like hitting a wall. And I was told to channel in some of the energy of Archangel Metatron. And instantly I was filled with this power. It was unlike anything else that I have ever felt before goosebumps, my hair stood on end, and this crackling energy filled my crown to my feet. And I was an unstoppable force able to handle what was plaguing this particular client. Now, I work a lot with Jesus and a couple of the other archangels, so it's not uncommon for me to be humbled and, um, I guess, completely empty of myself. But this energy was so humbling, so different than anything I've ever experienced. Because, you know, I mean, obviously, Jesus, if you follow Jesus, you know, he's so, um, such a servant and so gentle, and it's just so pleasant. But this was so powerful and different than that. Um, And just so instantaneous, I guess, once I called on it. And, you know, I mean, it was like Jesus said, call on on this person. Um, And it needed to meet that vibration of what I was working with with this client. Um, So when I got out to my car, it was so different. Like, I just sat there and cried for a minute. And then I called one of my students that I had recently taught because I had to share that Even if we're practicing and we've been practicing for a lot of years, we still learn new ways and can have new experiences that teach us things. Never to be stuck in the old ways of doing things or caught up in the ritual or thinking that there's only one way. The Reiki or the prayers or, you know, Holy Spirit will always guide and show the best and highest good for the experience, not just for the client, but for the practice practitioner as well, so that I was able to work through that block. So back to prayer. Who answers how and when? (laughs) I have a gift. It's a print that somebody gave me in my house that says, pray, wait, and trust. And I remember one of Joyce Meyer's teachings about waiting and trusting in faith. And if we don't have faith, We pray and then we try to take matters into our own hands, or we pray and we complain, or we pray and we feel hopeless. But if we have faith, we pray and we trust that the prayer is going to be answered, and then we wait. For me, I trust that the Holy Spirit is guiding and directing my prayers, and they're going to a merciful and grace-filled Heavenly Father who's able to do anything above and exceeding what I ask. And I know that the timing is not going to be when I expect it, but when it is exactly right. 
It's kind of, you know, Joyce Meyer gives the example of a farmer planting a crop. He puts his crop in the ground and he knows that those seeds aren't going to be exactly on the day he wants it. It's going to be a little before, a little after, depending on what he waters it with. And the sun, of course, and the heat and all of the things. So when my husband and I were searching for a new home, we wanted a certain floor plan and a size because we both work from home, me as a life coach, and him with a company that he sometimes travels for. So we started to pray and look almost three years ago, and I received an answer. You will receive your home after you're married as a wedding gift. So we weren't married when we started looking, but we looked and we drove and we looked and we drove and we searched. And it seemed to be hopeless at times with the lack of finding lots or finding builders. And I just knew why and what I was shown. And I knew there had to be a reason beyond that that I didn't know. So one day after we were married, we found a lot that was nice and I immediately felt good about the realtor regardless of the outcome of that particular lot. Something about the whole thing felt right, so we set up a time to meet. A couple of weeks later, we toured a new development, and quickly we decided we're going to (laughs) buy. And we chose the lot, we chose the color, we chose the finishes, like, extremely quickly. It was very easy, and it was funny, our realtor said she had never seen a relationship dynamic, like, in those choices as fun as ours, like, how we made decisions without arguing at all. Um, She was thinking that it would take us longer to find a space, Um, but we also did, and we modified our existing lease to add on six months. Except that was our human thinking. We forgot about our abundantly powerful God and how he answers prayers. And our new home was built and move-in ready within less than a year of us making up our minds, prayerfully approaching the new search after being married, just like it was shown. And we were able to achieve the dream of home ownership in a brand new beautiful home before the lease was up. (laughs) So the original lease. So I didn't ever lose faith, even when it seemed far off and God made sure it happened. So let's look at faith from a different, more practical standpoint, like in the worldview. Like when you order something from Amazon, <laughs> once you place the order and you've checked out, you confirm the shipping address, you got your confirmation that your credit card is going to be charged, and you even get your credit card charged and everything's good to go. You don't go back and check on the site over and over again to see if the merchant received the order, right? You just... You don't call them and say, just checking to see that I asked for a blue bike with a bell in a basket two days ago. It's what I ordered. You're shipping it, right? No, you just trust that you place the order, that it's going to be fulfilled as you requested, and that if something goes wrong, you're going to get an email or something from the merchant. You can also return the bike if it's defective. Having some control over the situation lets you feel like you don't have to control it. You know that you can let go of the reins a little bit. So why do we feel like we have to have control over our prayers? Why do we feel like we need to have control in the first place? When we put in our order, if we know that it is good, that God will grant it if it is pleasing to Him, In fact, Philippians 4, 6 instructs us to not be anxious about anything, 
But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So why do we so often stress out and pray and still take freaking out action, thinking thoughts of doubt and fear and worry? Well, it's because of evolution. (laughs) Our minds are wired up to look for the fear. False evidence appearing real. Is that a snake or a tree branch? Is it a friend or a foe? A good berry or a poisonous berry? Our minds are designed to keep us safe. And going into worship and prayer feels like sitting back and leaving our destiny up to an unknown, unseen, imaginary deity in the sky for those whose faith is not in the Almighty God. It can seem insane if you don't have evidence for who God is, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, who died over 2,000 years ago and rose from the dead to live beyond the body in spiritual form to lead his disciples around the earth and provide sage spiritual wisdom to those in need. I mean, I can sort of understand the skeptics who are here living sometime later, not really knowing and living in ignorant fear, except I also kind of can't. If you review any sort of religious texts, they all speak of miracles. The miracles of Jesus are even in the Quran, but they are thought to be, since he was a prophet of God, not due to his divinity. Instead, Jesus is assigned to all humankind of God's endless mercy, according to that Muslim religion. But regardless, most texts, history books, and scripture agree that these miracles occurred. So if these things were possible then, and the Catholic Church takes inquiries of new miracles and sainthood of new saints so seriously that they investigate them each claim for years, then isn't that evidence enough that someone is answering prayers from beyond this world? Matthew 6.25, one of my favorite verses, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? The Reiki principles, the secret of inviting happiness through many blessings, the miraculous medicine of all diseases, just for today, do not anger. Do not worry and be filled with gratitude. Be humble and devote yourself to your work. Be kind to people yourself, and others. Every morning and evening, join your hands in prayer. Pray these words to your heart and chant these words with your mouth. We're told over and over again by the traditions of the world not to worry, and yet so many of us find ourselves in a constant state of worry, fretting over this and that, what we'll do about situations that are out of our control, what people will think of us, or how our children are being treated or perceived by their peers and teachers. But over and over again, the ancient texts say, do not worry and do not be afraid. How do we obey this simple command in a world that's full of problems? Especially if we allow ourselves to be sucked into the politically charged atmosphere. We're constantly reminded of the violence everywhere, the conspiracy theories, the virus of fear. 
There is media shoving it down our throats at every turn. It's invaded the schools and our workplaces, our houses of worship, racial divide. No place seems safe. It is a challenging practice to get one's mind out of the mire of worry, but it goes back to the Reiki ideals. The secret of inviting happiness just for today. Alcoholics Anonymous takes things one day at a time. Reiki closes with joining hands in prayer each morning and evening, chanting the sacred words by mouth each time as well, to come back to center and ground yourself in the present moment just for today. Not to anger or worry, to be kind and compassionate, honest and devoted, humble. AA ideals must be grounded in a power greater than themselves in order to recreate their lives. Devout Muslims pray five times a day at specific times. Salat is what the obligatory prayers are called. It is the second pillar of Islam, the first being sincerely reciting the Muslim profession of faith. Their sunnah states, no one of you is a believer until he desires for his brother that which he desires for himself. Side note, the third is paying alms for the poor, the fourth is to fast during the month of Ramadan, which just ended, and the fifth is a pilgrimage to Mecca. Buddhism emphasizes the practice of a daily meditation and mindfulness in every moment as it is taught in Anshin Ritsumi. The goal is to achieve a peaceful mind. And in Vedic Hinduism, behavior according to the proper stage is considered most appropriate. For instance, student, householder, retiree, renouncer, you're to behave properly within these categories in your lifetime and fulfill the actions of the rightful stage or life priority at that time. So how do we cope with prayers that seem to go unanswered? Let go. Remember that Amazon order? (laughs) Accept that God heard our prayers and listen for subtle instructions about adjustments that need to be made. Maybe it's not time yet. Maybe we're thinking too small. Maybe we aren't humble enough. Maybe we're being selfish. Maybe it's not all about us. Maybe we're seeking God's hand and not his face. One day I was really frustrated with what was happening in my life. I felt like everything I was doing was crap. (laughs) Work was awful. I had no time to myself and things just weren't going well no matter what I tried to do. I went for a walk and I prayed like I like to do when I feel stuck and lost. And I quickly remembered that it's not about things or feelings even. It's about grace and feeling God's presence. That was what was really frustrating me. I wasn't feeling God, but it wasn't that he wasn't there. I was seeking out what I could get in life and not what I could give. I was seeking out blessings and not the blesser. What an awful feeling that was. I cried just thinking about it. So I immediately let go of all my previous requests, canceled the orders, maybe, I let go of the worldly worries, and I told my best friend, God, (laughs) I don't care if anything I ask for ever comes. As long as you are there, I am happy. I am well. And peace came over me, and everything else from that point on seems to have been so trivial. 
Nothing in this world can separate me from my God except me, my own mind, and that can change in an instant with one second of surrender. I can't tell you who exactly answers prayers. Whether you pray to Shiva, the destroyer who can tear down what isn't working in your life, Brahma, the creator to create new, or Vishnu, the god of preservation to keep what's good and restore your karma, or all three for good fortune for your children, your prayers are heard. If you believe in one true God or a benevolent universe, your prayers are heard. If you worship the divine Egyptian gods, your prayers are heard. I know that there are divine principles in place, divine laws that when followed allow for blessings to occur. And the more devoutly I follow the still small voice inside that leads to peaceful, benevolent feelings, the more blessings pour out onto me. The more I feel like giving, the more I end up happy and not worrying about receiving. The more I ask to be a vessel and empty of myself, the more I am filled with the blessings of eternity. Even if something seems to be wrong, it's just setting the stage for what is right. Have faith and it will come together for you. Trust that the universe has divine laws of sowing, reaping, divine oneness in which we are all connected in the world that we live in. There is a law of vibration, a law of action, correspondence, the laws of attraction, perpetual transmutation of energy, the law of compensation, also known as the law of karma or getting what you give. There's the law of relativity, the law of polarity, the law of rhythm, and the law of gender. I plan to explore these laws over the course of the next few episodes in detail and share some examples of how you can see them in your life, how I've seen them show up in mine, and what you can do to get in alignment with the universe, with God, with the creator that is unseen, who answers prayers and abides by spiritual forces who are governed here on this planet. In the meantime, if you have difficulty praying, let's start with the simple one. Dear Creator, Universe, Heavenly Father, thank you for thinking enough of me to put me here on this earth today. Thank you for seeing my needs and helping to meet them. Thank you for all the wonders of this universe. I pray you will continue to make yourself known to me. And this is where for me, as a follower of Christ, I say in Jesus' name, Amen. You can say, Amen. You can say, and so it is. You can say, Aho. Whatever feels right to you. Or you can just say, Thank you. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Prayer doesn't always have to be somber. Sometimes it can be funny and silly. Later this year, I will be releasing a book that has dozens of prayers and weekly guidance for you, along with a monthly activity to help you step into a deeper spiritual walk. It was a divinely guided book that 2020 blessed me with, and I'm so thankful for the girlfriend who gave me the nudge to write it. 
I'll be releasing more details about it in the coming months, but if you'd like to learn more, please feel free to send me an email at info at quantumhighways.com. I'll be happy to put you on the waiting list and to set up a time to chat with you about your walk in faith or anything else you might need help with during these challenging times. Until then, I'm holding so much space, sending so much love, and until next time, take care.